Hello, welcome to episode nine of the Stress Hackers podcast with me, Susan Smith. So this is where I talk about mental health and well-being, emotional well-being and personal development and all things to do with mind and body as I'm a yoga teacher and psychotherapist and life coach. So remember, please email me if there's anything in particular that you would like to hear around the subject of positive mental health and emotional well-being and I'll work on that for you. In the midst of a collective bereavement, life will never be the same again for many. The effects of this grand-scale mourning, I think, will reverberate for many years to come. Part of what is so difficult in the circumstances that we find ourselves in during this pandemic is, of course, the lack of witness. If there's no one to see or hear you, you may feel invalidated, unsubstantiated in your grieving. This is what ceremonies, such as funerals, do for us. They acknowledge our loss. We're shown reverence and pay respect for the space we find ourselves in. People know what you're going through. For many, there may be a lack of kinesthetic support during this lockdown. Maybe you're not having the cuddles, touch or strokes from your loved ones. Perhaps you don't have a loved one and this is now magnified even more by social distancing and isolation. And whether you find yourself lamenting the loss of your job or business, dealing with the loss of life as you knew it, or or are gripped in the utter grief of losing a loved one, bereavement is one of the most agonising experiences that we will all suffer. And sharing it does not necessarily dilute the pain either. In time, however, talking about it can make it more bearable. I've discussed bereavement with so many clients over the years and nothing can prepare you for it. The loss changes you. It's visceral. It rips your heart open and you know that you'll never be the same again. And as someone once said to me, you don't get over it. You learn to live with it. I can't believe it. What's the point? And who cares? It was just some of the words uttered by clients in various stages of grieving. What I have discovered is that at some point, understanding the stages that grieving may take can help us to accept that what we're feeling is normal. So what is grief and how do you cope with it? So I say steps, but in reality, there aren't any steps. It's a cycle. I remember someone once saying to me, oh, I thought I'd moved on from that step. And I had to explain again that we can cycle through the stages for a long time, revisiting them over and over in order to properly access and process the loss. And sadly, many people get stuck in the process and can remain stuck in certain stages for years. Um, An example of that may be anger, somebody that's very, very angry or, or conversely depressed. So the stages of grief, the first stage of shock is, sorry, the first stage of of this cycle, it is often shock. Physically, this may manifest itself as feeling quite robotic or numb. The psychological reaction is often one of denial. I can't believe it. It's it's incomprehensible. You may, may hear those expressions. I can't believe it's happened. I can't believe he or she has gone. It, it can't be true. Another stage is... Guilt, no matter what the person did, no matter how good they were or you were, often you feel guilty about something you did or didn't do. 
you may hear bereaved people saying things like, if only, if only I'd done this, if only I hadn't done that, if only I hadn't argued so much, we will find a reason to feel guilty. And this is an important stage, believe it or not. It's not a particularly nice feeling, but it is a necessary stage to go through. And guilt, of course, can present itself physically, um, such as a, a real heavy heart or a tightness in the gut or the chest, feeling restricted in breathing, a kind of doomed, sinking feeling in the gut, a wrenching sensation. Another stage is um, anger, and a stage that can present problems is anger. You'll hear anger in questions such as, why me, why them, why now, why like this? And anger can rise in seconds with snapping or sniping, shouting. People often report a feeling of heat or strong irritability, of nothing feels right. They sometimes want to scream, rage, rant or even break things. They may try to push um, loved ones away. In extreme cases, anger may manifest in physical violence or self-harming, such as punching walls or banging their heads, kicking things. More troubling and a sign that the person perhaps isn't processing might be an inability to become angry. Instead, they turn that anger inwards on themselves, a form of self-harm, really. In this instance, the person becomes withdrawn, lethargic, there may even be a tendency to depression. They often feel very stuck and you hear them saying things like, well, what's the point? You know, who cares? Why bother? There's also um, a stage of intense sadness and, and if you're lucky, tears. And I say if you're lucky because tears are a release, a let up from the intense power of all the emotion. When loss first occurs, the above cycle, cycle that I just mentioned, can happen in a matter of minutes and seconds and then maybe in hours, days, which eventually turn into weeks and months and years. And, you know, in a healthy grieving, there will be some acceptance of the loss in time. It's such a terrible cliche, but for many people, time is a healer. And over time, the depth of emotion decreases and also the spaces between these awful feelings decreases, giving room for acceptance and some form of moving on. Of course, there's a very fine line between acceptance and the denial involved in the first stage. And often that signifies the start of the whole bereavement cycle again. So, you know, it's important to remember that you can bounce backwards and forwards from guilt to anger, miss out the sadness, go from denial to depression. There are hindrances to grieving and I guess in a nutshell these hindrances are using, turning to our fix, cigarettes, drinking, overeating, overworking, drugs, sex addiction, even overdoing it at the gym can all be ways of escaping having to feel. So I remember working with somebody many, many years ago. She was a managing director of a large business and her husband had died. And she felt that because of her responsibilities, she needed to hold it together all the time. But she was wise enough to recognise that something wasn't right in her behaviour. And she was beginning to, um, well, the emotion was beginning to seep out at times when she wasn't prepared for it. So she came to me for some coaching, a highly intelligent, practical woman. She eventually developed a system that worked for her. And um, 
she felt because of all these responsibilities, she was unable to cry or to cathart all over the place, as she actually put it. So she instead agreed to take a couple of hours, um, one day a week, where she would get all the photographs of her husband and the family. And actually, it was so long ago, it was also cine film. Um, and also she would play the music that stirred and reminded her of happier times. And at that point, she would immerse herself in her grief for that period of time that she'd allowed herself, allowing herself time to cry, to wail, to rant. And that was all against a background of you know, videos and cine film of happier times. Also encouraged her to aim to express her anger by drawing and writing. And I remember her telling me of the enormous sense of peace that she started to feel for a day or so after she'd allowed herself this intense grieving period until midweek when the feelings would begin to build again. And she told me she felt almost a perverse sense of looking forward to that period of time that she'd allowed herself um, so that she could connect with her truth and experience the feelings that were actually inhabiting her body. And more importantly, for her to honour her husband and herself without feeling that she was being sort of self-indulgent and self-absorbed. And that, of course, worked for her, but that's not everybody's way. And also that's going to be way off for many, many people at the moment who are dealing with with um, recent bereavement. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to share when and where you feel able to and to aim to express the emotions. So various things that you can do is take a big piece of paper, perhaps the bit of old wallpaper and roll it out get some paints or, or colour pencils felt tip pens and just draw your feelings just get them out of you onto paper they don't have to make sense this is for nobody else but you um number two clear a space perhaps sit at the foot of your bed and if you've got something like an old tennis racket that would be great or a cricket bat or and if not then use your hands but pull your hands right up over your head and smack the bed or smack the pillows keep thumping the pillows with your hands until you feel that you've got some some stuff out and you know go for it yell as well yell and scream turn the music up loud to drown the sound out um if you feel able to do some movement maybe um, stretch out a towel on the floor or a yoga mat if you've got one and just get on the floor hold your knees to your chest hug yourself and roll from side to side allow the emotion to come up if it wants to if you can cry that's fantastic that's a great release the other thing that you could do is just lay on the mat take a really deep breath rest your hands on your abdomen and as you breathe out make a deep sigh sound from the belly of ah you can make it as loud as you want ah just allowing some sound to come right up from the bowels of your abdomen you could also sit down and write letters letters to people that you're feeling angry with absolutely vent your spleen get it out of you I had um, dealings with one person who had an issue with a member of staff in a hospital where his mother had died. He felt the nurse had been cold and uncaring toward his mother. He wrote a letter and then he wrote another one. And it was a good month or so after when he told me that he'd 
actually begun to be able to remember occasions when the nurse has actually shown some real kindness and real empathy toward his mother and that came through after he'd written those very angry letters to her. So the final thing is nurture yourself. You may not want to eat so drink, drink some soup, drink some, some juice, warm drinks. If you can't eat at least drink if you're right in the midst of, of a terrible loss at the moment look after yourself, take some leisurely baths or stand in the shower for a long time, go to bed and read or if you can't concentrate just have some periods of quiet and reach out to um, your friends, family, call the Samaritans and don't be on your own with it. So I really hope that some of this is helpful for you um, and I would just like to say that um, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Stress Hacker. I've been really touched by the response I've had from so many people, so it's encouraging me to continue. Um, and if there is anything in particular that you would like to hear, let me know. Um, get in touch with me um, over at thestresshacker.com. And also, I think until the end of April, you may be able to get your free um, Wellbeing in a Week course. Remember to pop over to the shop and have a look at the various um, uh, programs that are available there to help massage your mind and ease tension in your body. So I'll be back in another two weeks to bring, hopefully, some more peace into your life and take care of yourself.